0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith.
1: But how many know you got to keep that victory? I mean, somebody must know what I'm talking about. I mean, you get to the hill, you get to the country, you sit down, and all of a sudden, the enemy wants to take from you what you have enemy wants to rob the promises of God out of your heart, out of your life. When you're in the battle, realize that the battle doesn't end until you cross the Jordan, until you finish the race, until you've left this world and entered the world to come.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our head. How many times do you start a project with enthusiasm and vigor just to find yourself at the halfway point completely devoid of any of that zeal you felt at the beginning? This can and probably will happen in your spiritual life at some point. We are running a race, and it requires patience and endurance. As Pastor Ed encourages us in today's message, we need to see this race through to the finish line, and that requires trusting in God for your strength and stamina. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Someone outlived Joshua, who's Caleb. He was an elder in that community. He was a man of faith, and he instilled faith into his children, so much so that when his daughter was married, and she had her dowry, and... Othanael, her husband, had received that dowry. She said, listen, ask my father for springs of water because there was about four inches of rain every year in that area. So they needed the springs of water, upper and lower springs. And he, she came with a boldness, what with the humility. She was on a donkey and she came and she said, let me have those springs of water. And her father Caleb granted that. There was a tenacity of faith. We instill faith in the lives of our children, in the lives of those around us, in the lives of people that we influence. When we go through the hard times and we still believe God, when we see the giants and say, God's bigger than the giant. And see, that's what's happening in the story. You're seeing this beginning and they're beginning well. Joshua has died and the work of God doesn't die with any man. Moses dies and then Joshua comes. and Joshua dies and then God's still working. That's all through history. So here, You have this godly people beginning to seek God and God gives them direction and God gives them a testimony from the king. Yes, this is the rightful retribution and then there's a godly family, the Caleb's family there. And whatever... You start going in God's direction, there's there's gonna be testimonies in your life, stories in your life, stories of faith, how God has answered prayer, how God has delivered, how God has spoken, how God has helped. That's why time and time again, as we've went forward, I went backward with the church, going back to remind us what God did in the past so we could meet the challenges in the present. You look at your journey and you realize, God, you met me there. You help me in this hard place. You'll help me in this place. But what happens now is there's a fly in the ointment. And it just ruins things. In verse 19, the Lord was with the men of Judah. Notice he's with them. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had what? Iron chariots. Oh, iron chariots. I mean, that must have seemed formidable. And it was. I'm not meaning to minimize it. But then look what happened to the Benjamites. However, they failed to dislodge the Jebusites. And so they were living together until the days of David. That's what it indicates until the time David changed and fully conquered Jerusalem. So here you have Judah and the Benjamites both faltering. Does anybody remember that verse about chariots in the Psalms? Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, what happens is they begin to forget that God is God of the mountain and the God of the valley. He's the God of the big paycheck and He's the God of the small unemployment check. He's God when you're sick. And he's God when you're healthy. He's God when you feel like you're walking in success. And he's God when you feel like you're tripping and falling over your own feet. See, he's God all the time. And see, what happens here is they have to be reminded that God is God. Just turn a few chapters ahead. Go a few chapters ahead. You find a woman. Her name is Deborah. She sees chariots. There's 900 of them. No problem. She saw God. It's not the size of our problems. It's the size of our faith. It's not the circumstances that we face. It's the faith in God that resides within our heart that enables us to go forward and not to come up against the wall and feel like that's it. So what happens here is they fail to remember God is God all the time. And you see that the divine directive is partially fulfilled. Incomplete obedience is the fatal flaw to complete success. When we partially obey, we partially succeed. It is not easy to win the victory. You have to fight. You have to get in the battle. Sometimes you have to get your hands dirty. Sometimes you have to pray. Sometimes you have to fast. Sometimes you have to read the word and meditate on it and quote it to yourself. Sometimes you gotta let yourself speak to yourself when you begin saying to yourself, hey, why not trust in God? Why are you so discouraged? And you begin to talk to yourself and begin to speak faith into yourself. Have you ever been there where you have to begin to say to self, self, you need to listen to God. Self, you need to live in the word. Self, you need to look to the Lord. Now, don't let unbelieving self defeat believing self. Uh, Some people, the moment they get up in the morning, it's going to be a bad day. Oh, I feel the aches. I just know it's not going to work out well today for me. And then they get home at night, and then if their spouse won't listen to them, they go in front of the mirror and complain to themselves. I mean, it just it never ends. And so you got to walk in faith. you got to walk in belief. you got to trust God that he can take you and you can go and accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in your life. And you can take the promised land. See, he promised us a promised land. He said you can occupy it. But occupying it sometimes is harder than getting there. I mean, you get there at a youth rally and you feel the presence of God at these altars and you feel the power of God and you walk home. and I mean, everything has changed. But how many know you got to keep that victory? I mean, somebody must know what I'm talking about. I mean, you get to the hill, you get to the country, you sit down and all of a sudden, the enemy wants to take from you what you have. The enemy wants to rob the promises of God out of your heart, out of your life. When you're in the battle, realize that the battle doesn't end until you cross the Jordan, until you finish the race, until you have left this world and entered the world to come. And so it's important when God gives you a directive, well, oh God, it's, it's a little hard. How about negotiating on it, Lord? And, and partially fulfilling it becomes an incomplete success and it becomes a burden. I mean, now, I had planned to come back on a Thursday of this week. We were in Florida on vacation, just had a wonderful time, and, except for Thursday. We were up early in the morning, and getting everything packed, went to the airport, and uh, got there, and the plane was going to be delayed. It was 10 o'clock. It was supposed to take off, and is, I think it started off at 1.10. I said, all right, a few hours waiting. I could read, you know, I could study, you know. And then it went on a little while, got close to one I was getting happy, you know, it's a good, good, get ready to go. And then they, they moved it to 140. And oh, it was a little bit longer. Then they moved it to 210. See, the delay had been because it was fog in New York on Wednesday morning early. I didn't know about that. Anyway, so there was fog and somehow the plane wasn't on time. And then the co-pilot didn't show up. And so I said, you know, this might not be a good flight to get on. I felt like I was in a twilight zone or something, yeah. So, so it's four o'clock, finally, 4.10, and and uh, there's a big crowd of people, all these people up at the desk and the people trying to calm everybody's nerves. Now, I wasn't at the desk. You know, my wife and I were sitting. We were calm, <laughs> praying, but calm. <laughs> and so they, the word gets back to us, it's a 50-50 chance that the flight will happen, and so it's nearing on five o'clock and I said, oh Lord, I hope this doesn't happen. (laughs) And sure enough, it didn't. And so I went down and made arrangements to come on Friday, but the only day they had, the only place they had, they didn't have white planes. They had uh, Newark airport. So it was a little more difficult, but got here. But we were successful in getting back, but not fully successful because... uh, I had things planned to do on Thursday, and I didn't get back until Friday night, and so I'm trying to get ready for Sunday morning, and all those things going on. And, and you know, there can be this burden sometimes when we don't have a full, a partial success, and that's what's happening. And here is a second aspect. The first was the divine directive was partially fulfilled, and that leads to a partial success. The divine presence was partially realized. In the text, in chapter one, again it says that God was with them. God was with them. In Judges one twenty two, the house of Joseph attacked Bethel. Now, just to give you a little history on that, Bethel was where Jacob encountered God and said, this is the house of God. And over the years, the Canaanites took over and they called the city Luz. And um, Joseph had two sons. Ephraim and Manasseh they became two of the tribes of Israel and so they were going to go up and fight against the Canaanites but what happens is they get the victory you know the Lord helps them but how they do it there's a contrast now I, I want you to go back with me and think about the spies that were sent out by Joshua when they saw Jericho when they saw the land remember Rahab she said, no, no, God's with you. We've heard about that. And, and she became a believer. She made a testimony. Well, here they meet this man coming out of the city of Luz, which is later Bethel. And they say, listen, we'll make a deal with you. Show us how to get into the city. So they're probably looking for the water shaft. It's usually hidden and they could find their way in and have a sneak attack and get in there. And then they say, listen, if you help us, we'll treat you well. We'll be faithful to you. We'll let your family go, you go. Instead of being faithful to who? Instead of being faithful to who? Uh, Notice the contrast. Joshua, when the spies go into the land, they're fearing and trembling because they're hearing about God. And Jericho is a fortified city. And that city is fortified. That would be hard to get in there. But God's working. Here's the spin. Spin doctors lived back then too. Here's a spin they put on it, diplomacy. We're gonna use some diplomacy here. We'll get the city, we'll conquer it. It's dangerous when we try to do God's will our own way. When we try and just compromise instead of letting God, instead of letting God work in his own way. See, God is trying to give you a miracle. He's trying to give you a testimony. He's trying to give you a story. He's trying to write you into the narrative of the miracles that he has done throughout ages, throughout history. And and when you take matters into your own hand and say, here's how I'm gonna do it, I'll do this. See, let God be the chess player. Just listen and let him tell you how to move, what to do, how to Now it's not that you don't think through things. But you listen to God. God's presence is with them and yet they're compromising and here's their spin on it. That's what they're doing. It's a spin zone. The case of using diplomacy. And then, could you picture this? They're supposed to destroy the people because those people would be a hindrance to them. Uh, They would wind up intermarrying with them. They would pull the Israelites away from God and cause them to compromise in their worship. But... It's a case of unholy profit. In verses 30, 33, 35, you see, for the Canaanites were determined to live in the land. And they said, listen, we'll put them into forced labor. We'll make a profit on this. Why kill these people? They could work for us. They could take care of the economy. They could teach us how to farm better. And so they're just doing it their way. And God's presence is with them. They had to feel a check They had to feel God saying, son, daughter, don't you remember? But you know how you can just block it, right? You know how you could just bury it, right? You know how you could ignore it, right? And you just walk on your way. And you spin so much that you believe your own spin. See, the worst deception is self-deception. Some people have a master's degree in that self-deception, where they deceive themselves, where they believe they're doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're not doing the right thing. And it's obvious. Then you watch in this chapter, the Northern tribes, it steadily goes down. I mean, one after another, they can't get the Canaanites out of the land and it just gets worse and worse. I call this the domino effect. It's like a domino. One disobeys, the other disobeys, the other disobeys, the other. you get a whole church full of people. Hey, let's compromise. Let's not fully follow the Lord. And that's what's happening in, in so much of America. That's what's happening in so much of our culture, this pluralism. We wanna include God and the world. We wanna worship both. And as you look at the text, you can see Manasseh did not drive the Canaanites out. Ephraim didn't. Zebulun didn't. Asher didn't. Naphtali didn't. And the Danonites, they were in the worst shape. Uh, The Amorites controlled, or they were Canaanites. And those Amorites wouldn't allow the people to come down, those tribe of Dan. And, and, And they just had this tremendous effect on one another. You have a man or a woman praying through and walking in the victory. And watch what happens. It encourages their friend. You're convicted. See, sometimes we're pulled away from God by the company we keep. They pull us down into gossip. They pull us down into unbelief. They pull us down into a critical spirit. They pull us down into compromise. There are other people that pull you up. They tell you how God is so faithful. They quote scripture to you. They're singing about the things of God. They're praising the Lord. And that has that effect to build you up. And what's happening is all of these people who fail to realize the presence of God. See, God can be with you and you don't even recognize it. God can be with you and you don't even feel it. God can be with you and yet you simply ignore it. He he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you. To the end of the ages, sometimes we become calloused and hard and stiff necks so we can't see it, feel it. And what happens is incomplete obedience is a fatal flaw to complete success. You're not fully recognizing the presence of the Lord. You could be the greatest spin doctor and people can believe the stories. But when you stand in the presence of God, everything unravels and there the naked truth is. That's what happens in two chapter two. God sends an angel up from Gilgal. Gilgal was the place where they received communion or that they had the Passover. Gilgal was a place where they were learning to eat the strong fruit and meat of the land. Gilgal was a place where they were circumcised. Gilgal was a place where they prepared to take the land of promise under Joshua's leadership. And so an angel comes up from Gilgal, that place where they made the covenant with God, and that angel journeys up to a place called Bokim, and that means the place of weeping. And here's that angel. He tells them that, that the covenant keeping God, the angel of the Lord went up to Gilgal to Bochum, and said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into a land that I swore to give your forefathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Listen to what he said I will never break my covenant with you. See, God cannot lie. God does not break his word, God does not falter or fail. God commits to fulfill his promises. And he said, I will keep my covenant with you. That's the nature of God. God promises to lead you. God promises to protect you. God promises to give you the strength for the journey. God promises to guide you. He promises those things. And and he was gonna keep his word. And here's the problem. It's when he delivered them out of Egypt. No Canaanite army compared to Pharaoh's army. And you remember those chariots that Egypt had, they were washed away in judgment. God said, he's saying, if I did it in Egypt, I could do it in the promised land. See, if God did it when you were 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old, if God did it when you were first saved, can he do it today? Can he work today in your life? He said, God, you've opened doors, or God, you've made a way, or God, you answered prayers. See, God can do what he says he will do. So God is a covenant-keeping God. Here's the problem, it's the people. He says, you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? I mean, take that, think about those words. You shall break down their altars. See, he looks and he sees that they're compromising and they don't have victory because it's not so much a natural problem as a supernatural problem. Because when the relationship is right and we're walking in the spirit and walking by faith and we are fully trying to follow the Lord's directives and we are aware of his presence, what happens in your life and in my life is we begin to walk. In victory after victory after victory after victory after victory, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. And what's happening here, God looks at them and says, you have disobeyed me. They didn't see it. They believed the spin. Notice, it said, uh, they were saying we couldn't do it. God was saying you wouldn't do it. Oh, we can't do it. It's too tough. Look at those chariots. Hmm, I remember some chariots. They were washed away in judgment. And Deborah would remember those chariots. And that woman of God with faith saw those chariots dispersed. Why have you done this? Have you ever sat back and the Holy Spirit says, Why did did you do that? Why have you done it? Where he would get you in that place where he could speak to you and perform surgery on your heart and mind and soul and spirit. See, the book of Judges is a downward spiral further and further and further from what they should be where they should be what should be going on in their life and God wanted to stop it the covenant the consequences consequences of a broken here's where I tell you you're not going to be able to drive them out before you they will be thorns in your side their gods will be a snare to you what he's saying is the road is going to be so difficult it's going to be a setup It's going to be hard. It's going to be a snare to you, to your children. And what happens? When they hear this, they begin to weep out loud. They call on the Lord. They offer a sacrifice. When God gives you the report card, when God gives you the divine, the divine assessment, I thought I got an A in this, Lord, or at least a B. I didn't realize it was a D. Don't erase it. Say, Lord, help me do better. And the place that we're most helped is at the cross. It's at the cross. See, we deserve, they deserve the judgment of God. But God so patiently is waiting and working with them. God so patiently is waiting and working with his church. And when we come to a place where the cross becomes a place of refuge for us, and we live in the light of the cross, we live in the shadow of the cross. I like what Timothy Keller said, the cross is the place where we find freedom to accept ourselves without being proud and to challenge ourselves without being crushed. Because when you go to the cross and you, and you see the price that Jesus paid for sin, and you realize, oh Lord, I'm a sinner, it could crush you. But then you realize he was crushed for your sins. He was bruised for your iniquities. He was broken. And the more you cling to that old rugged cross, And the more you see the price your Savior paid for sin, the more you abhor the sin, and the more you're able to follow His directive and recognize His presence. God said, the land's yours, occupy it. But they failed. That's the story of so many throughout the centuries. These things are written for our admonition, for our learning. Sometimes we need to be like Judah was at first with the Simeonites. We need to be able to say to our brother and sister, help me. Because sometimes some battles are only won in the context of community. But we humble ourselves and we say, God, I want to do your will. And when you stay at the foot of the cross and you recognize what Jesus has done, that's your victory. That's
0: your strength. Women in ministry is a topic that has a variety of opinions surrounding it. The book of Judges highlights a particular woman who is not only a mighty warrior, but a wise leader in the nation of Israel. Through this study, Pastor Ed will share with us the important role that women play in the body of Christ. And this is only one important truth we'll learn as we study the book of Judges. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the Book of Judges right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores
1: it.